In a goose show, um, this is gonna be something, man. I just want to talk. That's all I want to do right now, Shane. Yeah, same. We love to give you guys context on this show. Let me turn my uh, my mic down or my uh, headphones down so you guys can hear me through that. We love to give you context on the show. Sham is like my little brother. I love him a ton, most most of the time. Um. Our one fault, and Sham, you can tell me if you agree with this or not, our one fault is that we tend to, you know, get into conversations. We talk about it every every week-ish on the phone, and they'll end up being 45 minutes, an hour conversations about anything, a, 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 a ton of different things, right? Mm-hmm. And we always get mad at ourselves because we're doing the show on the phone, right? I always mm-hmm. get mad at you for that because you usually initiate a lot of these conversations. Well, I would say that our show is more or less like our conversations, at, like, like we, we give you a very raw representation of our relationship on the air. So anything that we discuss out off the air can be show content. So, you know, we kind of talked earlier this week, and we were like, we could tell we were due for a conversation based on the world right now, and we kind of both decided let's just do this on the air. Um, this is not going to probably be the normal show that everyone's kind of used to. Um, I'm upset. I can't, I'm not going to speak for Sham, but I assume Sham's pretty upset right now. So we're just going to have this conversation here. And, and I don't know that every thought on behalf of both of us is going to be thoroughly thought through. And this is not a moment when we have everything, our, our T's crossed, our I's dotted. Um, but we just want to talk. And I think that this, having this platform, and shout out to everybody that's going to listen to this. Um, I think this is something that that I'm very thankful that we have at this point. Agreed. And to let the listeners behind the curtain, like we always do, Keith and I spend about two or three days before the show, sometimes even more, developing content and ideas and, and ways to make the show interesting and bits and jokes and whatever. All of that is very much planned and very much like catered towards our audience and our personalities and there's a lot of preparation that goes into it so this one was different where we knew that we needed to have a conversation but it didn't feel right to do it um with the with the same fanfare and and bits that we normally do um, with our shows, which I know a lot of people look forward to, but I think it's important to have like a raw, unfiltered conversation, a raw, serious, unfiltered conversation with each other. Because what's going on in the world right now is above and beyond the most important thing that I've ever been a part of in my life. Um, and I'll get into it a little bit later once we you know, start to get into the thick of the conversation. But I feel very much like we need to have this conversation without the jokes and the fun. Because what is going on is absolutely life-altering. Like, I, I, I don't see how life can be different. I'm oh, sorry, life can be the same right, going through these right, events. Right, life right, will right. be very much different going forward. Yeah, right. Um 
you know, I think the best way to kind of start this would be kind of for each of us to kind of just discuss how we're kind of, how this is kind of going through our filters in our own lives or, you know, in our individual lives. Um, to give the audience a context for me, um, the context for me, I should say, uh, I am in the music industry. I've done radio. I've done, you know, work for record labels, you know, been artist management, whatever. The My entire career has been in black music. Um, if you took, Sham can see me on FaceTime right now, and I'm showing him records, my record collection in the room. If you took away anything to do with black culture, black entertainment, black music from my records, there would be no records on these, on these walls. Um, I am uh, really upset. I'm angry. Um, I don't quite know how to process everything yet. Um, I'm trying. You know, um, I like to think of myself as a pretty rational person, and I like to, you know, take a deep breath and kind of look at the situation. Um, but understandably, right now, there's a lot of anger. There's frustration. There's, um, there's you know, fear. There's all types of things happening right now. Um, and you know what? I think all those are natural in this moment. I don't think anyone has the answer for everything right now. Because, like Sham said, I mean, it's unprecedented. Um, me saying, you know, I owe, my, my career has been in black music, black entertainment. Um, you know, I, I've, 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 I've never had a friend that is African-American that does not have a story to do with police brutality. I have never had one of those stories. My father has never had one of those stories. My brother has never had one of those stories. Um, black people have been telling us our entire lives, we are not treated like you guys are with law enforcement. And now um, we see a black man be killed on video. And it's not the first. It's, it's, there's numerous. <laughs> we, we've been seeing this for a while. But this one, I feel like, I feel like this situation is different. And I'll get into cautious optimism and, and all my feelings on that later. But but in a long-winded sense, Sham, that's kind of how I'm, you know, dealing with this. And I know I was all over the place there, but you know, that's kind of where I'm, where I'm, where how I'm digesting everything right now. Yeah, and I guess I'm feeling the same way. Where it's just a lot at once right now. Um, in the past month, we've seen on video two black men get murdered in cold blood whether it's by white supremacists or a cop who lit who it's it's my city's cop yeah let's who, let people know that as well you are in minneapolis yeah. so i am I, I i do live in minneapolis and um the spot that uh, mr george floyd was was murdered at um is a common like it's maybe five minute drive from my place um, the first night of the looting and the riots took place, um, like when the target got burnt down and, and looted, that is my target. That is my grocery store. That is what I use. Um, that is the closest one to me. That's, that's how close this has impacted me. But just going back, um, this, this is not a new problem for people, for, for black people. 
This is a four hundred. This has been in the works for f- almost four hundred years, going back to slavery, um, and the feelings that black people feel with law enforcement. I'll never understand that. Keith will never understand that, and we're not pretending to understand that. Um, I think for non-black people, what's important is understanding that fact that hey, you will never be afraid every time you are pulled over for speeding or rolling through a stop sign you'll never be afraid for your life in that moment um i was at one of the rallies on i think it was saturday and this black woman uh spoke up on the mic and she had said something that moved me um to my it it, it shook me to my core because i didn't really know that people felt this way um uh she had mentioned um that her husband is six foot five a pretty large guy um she described him as a gentle giant like a a very fun loving easygoing guy but he was um he's black and in the eyes of many people that is a, that in itself is scary seeing a six foot five black guy anywhere you uh the the prejudice that comes with that is it's it's wrong but it exists and i think it's important to acknowledge that that exists and so she had mentioned that he is scared to death every time that he goes into a store and sees a cop there he's scared to death a six foot five black man, bigger than most people that I've ever seen, is scared to death every time he even comes in the vicinity of a cop because you never know what that prejudice will lead to. And that is the fear that I will never understand, Keith will never understand, non-black people will never, ever, ever understand. Um, and it's it, it hurts. And that's that's the whole purpose of what's been going on in the past week. And... The fact that it's happened in my backyard has hit closer, quite literally closer to home to me than most. And I, and over the past week, I've taken it upon myself to be a, on the right side of history and to stand up for something that I see that's wrong. And we'll get into it a little bit more later, but this this really has shaken me to my core and changed the way I view the world and people in general. I've, I've lost and made friends in the past week just based on their opinions on this situation alone. Yeah, I mean, I think you touched on it right there. Um, as much as the um, loud minority loves to make this about pl- politics or you know, we live in 2020, everything is attempted, everyone attempts to politicize everything these days. This is simply right versus wrong. Um, There are no both sides of the coin here. There is no silence is okay. I'm not, I'm just not going to say anything. You speak up or you're the enemy on this because I'm going to be on the right side of good. I'm going to be on the good side. Sham's going to be on the good side. We're going to be on the side of right with this. Racism is not partisan. It's good versus it's right versus wrong. It's it's not this is not difficult to to understand. Don't listen to people that try to 
twist this into 700 different ways, mm-hmm. it's right versus wrong. It's simple. And we're at the point, and me as a, uh, as a white man, even further than you, Sham, um, I'm going to lead the way on this. We, we're not going to eradicate racism. We're not going to um, kill this disease without myself, lead, people that look like me leading the way. The, the problem is not the oppressed. The oppressors have the problem. I, I've had this conversation in the past. Like Sham said, this is not a new thing. It's not a new development. We've seen this. This has been going on for a long, 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 long time, right? As I said, black people have been telling us for my entire life, this, hey, this is what's happening. Hey, we're not treated the same way you are. And I had this conversation, and it, the, the Black Lives Matter thing it, it, the simple understanding by white people, and we'll get into some athletes that have spoken today, and I'm going to unload on those people, not understanding what that means is absurd to me. My mindset now, Sham, is like a treadmill. Get on and run or get ran the fuck over. Mm-hmm. This whole thing, is, it's, not, it's not difficult. So you're going to learn, to quote the great Kevin Hart, you're going to learn today that this is right versus wrong. Period. Pick a side. Get on the side. Speak up because silence is complicit. You're complicit if you if you're silent on this on this issue. Period. Yeah, and and like you said, like it's incumbent upon the white common man and woman. Like, of course, there are going to be people who are extremists and, and KKK members and whatever. You're never going to convince them that racism is wrong because they've already devoted their life to racism. They've, they've devoted their life to the cause, but the people who do need to stand up are, are, are people like you. I think this whole situation has opened people's eyes to the, number one, the racism that, the, the, the casual racism that exists in our country and around the world, to be honest, um, but also police brutality and put the, and the police's response to racism or lack thereof and 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 i think that is what this week is about holding people accountable for their racist acts holding police accountable for their racist acts we see like going back to ferguson and the countless other black men that and, and women that have been killed in police possession um nonviolent black people who have been killed under the watch of an organization that's designed to and and in place to protect and serve the community that they work for. And they indeed work for that community. This whole week has been about identifying and 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 eradicating that problem or taking steps to eradicate that problem and uniting one side or the other, right and wrong, against this problem. And Today they had announced that this that all all four cops had been charged with something, whether it be second degree murder or aiding and abetting a second degree murder. Um, and but that's just the that's just the first step. That this is the most high profile visible case that we've seen um, in 2020. But what about all the cases that have happened in the past hundred years? Like what like. We have, we're, we're thankful to have social media and cameras rolling all the time, but what about when the cameras aren't rolling? 
when the body cams are turned off, when body cams didn't exist. Body cams didn't exist before the Ferguson riots. You know, eradicating this thing is going to start with people that look like me and on behalf of people that look like me because I tell I tell all my friends this all the time. I tell people that are cynical, that look at the world in a cynical way and it's completely justified and understandable. There's more white people are the majority. There's more white people that think like myself or my sister than there is on the other side. Um, I'm going to tell you on behalf and, and speaking on the Kevin Hart line, you're going to learn today. Um, you mentioned it at the beginning of what you said right there. You got to make the majority uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You got to get them out of that privilege bu- bubble that and let them know, hey, there's a world outside of your bubble. Just because something doesn't happen directly to you or inside your bubble doesn't mean it's not occurring. I told you, pick one side. Silence is not it. And I'm going to let you know, if you're being silent, you're on the other side. So you're on the wrong side of history. Mm -hmm. And you can't rewrite history. As much as everyone tries to, we love revisionist history in this country, we ain't doing that on this one. So I'm going to keep making white people uncomfortable. We're going to keep the pressure on people because this that something has to change we can't keep doing the same thing over and over we can't keep doing this so it's it's going to remain uncomfortable for a long time and it's and 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 that just the the concept that white people can't comprehend white privilege is asinine to me every african-american that i know has a story with police i don't that's privilege that's it and and that and, and white people get defensive about that the biggest issue a lot of times is the people that live in a bubble that think something doesn't happen because it's not directly happening to them. And that's not going to work anymore, Sham. It's not going to work. I'm, everyone in my life, prepare yourself if you're on the other side of this because you're going you're gonna to end up hating me at the end of this because we're not going to keep doing this shit. I'm not going to keep doing this. We're not going to keep doing this. And it doesn't start with the those who are being oppressed. It starts with the oppressors and they look like me. So... I'm gonna lead the way. I guess I'd, I I I just wanted to get into the events that I've been a part of for the past week. Yeah, talk about um, that for sure. So, Monday last Monday was when Mr. Floyd was killed on a street that I'm very familiar with. I I I I know the the restaurant slash bodega slash store that called the cops on Mr. Floyd for a. There's a lot of conflicting stories, but it seemed to be that the owner thought that the $20 bill that Mr. Floyd had used in some purchase was fraudulent, counterfeit. So the cops were called. I don't have a problem with the cops being called. Like, that is, like, using counterfeit bills, that's a crime. 100%. I have no problem with the store owner, who is actually a minority himself, um, who is actually a black man himself, um... I don't have a problem with him calling the cops for that reason. What I have a problem with is everything that happened after that call took place. Um, if you if you have watched the video, um, good for you. If you have not watched the video, and a lot of people I know say, oh, I don't want to watch someone die on video. I don't want to see... Um, like, I don't want to see the injustice. I can stand up for it, but I, don't, but I don't want to see it. I think it's very important that somebody takes 10 minutes out of their day to watch that video. 
and to slowly, over the course of almost nine minutes, see a person's life escape their body at the hands of somebody who has complete power over them, who uh, is taking advantage of somebody who's in a vulnerable situation, and f- for somebody who, for the most part, actually, I, I like I've seen the the even like the store footage, like from everything we've seen, this it, Mr. Floyd was peaceful. He did not resist, did not do anything to warrant the violence that happened to him, um, and that is what made me feel uncomfortable. Two things: what I saw in video, and the fact that it happened in my backyard. Those two things made me think to myself, "Okay, I need to stand up and do something about this. I need to, I need to. I'm not sure what to do, but I need to do something myself to make sure that one, this problem doesn't happen again, and two, so that people know, like around the world, know that this problem exists, and so that it stops happening everywhere else." So, um, Monday is when he was killed. Tuesday, I think, all the news broke. Um, Wednesday was when we saw the Target and the Cub Foods, which is the grocery store in, in, uh, in Minneapolis, um, get looted and stuff. And I remember watching that at home thinking, that's wrong. We probably, like, like I, was, I was very uncomfortable with that. So, Thursday... Me and about four or five other friends, none of which are are black. Um, There's a couple minorities. I have another um, brown friend who went. And we just went to see a peaceful protest that was staged downtown. Now, things were a little bit tense because of the events of Wednesday and the damage that was done to that street on Wednesday. But... So everybody was kind of on edge, but for the most part, everybody was peaceful. Um, the National Guard had been called in. The riot police were out. This, there was overwhelming numbers downtown. Um, me and those friends just kind of went to like the main square uh, downtown, and we saw a bunch of protesters chanting or whatever. And then all of a sudden, we see, we 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 hear bangs. We hear smoke. We. Uh, like we just it it feels like some shit is going down so as we walk up um this cloud of of something comes our way and immediately everybody is coughing crying like it's it's clearly tear gas so we retreat back and we kind of bike like we like we kind of go around the other side of the square t- to where there was less action going on and we we run into cops that are mostly peaceful, but there are a few that are just like aggressive for no reason. And I don't really know why. I don't think I'll ever know why, but they're just aggressive for no reason. But none of the protesters were inciting violence, at least from what I saw. None of the protesters were looting. None of the protesters were doing anything to cause damage to people or property downtown. Um, but I did leave at around 10 that night and came back home and what I saw on TV that night was very different than what I had experienced that day like like when I was there I saw it almost felt like it was a different group of people who was damaging and and looting and rioting in a community that isn't really 
that doesn't have much to begin with. And in the area that was looted and rioted, that's a very, it, it's the overwhelming majority of people in that community are minorities. And a lot of the, the businesses that are owned in that community are also minority owned. So I thought it was very strange that that these businesses are being destroyed by people that own these, like it's the same people that are destroying their own community. It didn't make sense to my mind. So I, that's when we heard the stu- like the story of potentially outside agitators coming in and whatever. So Friday, Friday I decided to take a break, just, you know, process. I had just been tear gassed the day before. So I'm like, okay, let me just take a day and just process it and come up with a way to peacefully protest what's going on. So Saturday, I went out, and a bunch, and those same friends, plus a little bit more, who had gone out that Wednesday night, sorry, that Thursday night, had come up with a plan to, okay, we'll go to this peaceful protest that's taking place at the block that, that Mr. Floyd was killed. We are going to pass out food, water, supplies, like anything we, anything that we can give to people there, um, either cleaning up or protesting peacefully, we will give them. So we made sandwiches, we made them chips, granola bars, like water. Um, and as we were there, what I saw was one, a peaceful protest, a lot of moving speeches, like that black woman that I had described earlier. Um, and we had seen an outpouring of generosity. We came with water sandwiches and chips. We at our table to give away were water sandwiches, chips, granola bars, cliff bars, milk was donated to our table for the tear gas. Um, buckets of water filled, like mixed with baking soda for the mace and the tear gas. Um, people were just donating these supplies because they saw us kind of posting up and and giving these supplies away. So they're like, "Hey, can we you can we drop off these things for you just to give away?" And we're like, "Yeah." So we had this huge supply table, food table that um, we were manning and giving stuff away and. Every single person we ran into was very respectful, very like almost abnormally nice. Like everybody knew that we were in this together and we all need to look out for one another. Black, brown, white, doesn't matter. Everybody was looking out for one another in that moment. And we felt very united in that moment. And after we had run out of food and stuff, we left. And... We left around six and the curfew, the first curfew, the first night with curfew, it started at eight. We watched on the news that same group that we were there with, unprovoked, as soon as eight o'clock hit, shot with rubber bullets, tear gas, um, rounded up, arrested. Um, and that, that hurt me because I remember what those people were like the, a few hours before looking out for one another, supporting a cause that's bigger than themselves, mourning the loss of a community member at the hands of the police. And those same police were rounding up these people for no reason aside from just curfew violations. And they, unprovoked, were getting gassed and shot at. And... And... That that hurt to see that. It hurt because we were all singing together. We all were were eulogizing Mr. Floyd. We all were listening to the stories of white 
and black people who got up on the mic and explained their situation. And that was something that I'll never forget the juxtaposition between what I saw during the day and then once the, the sun went down, what I saw at night. So after that, the same group of friends, plus a little bit more, so we had a total of eight people, decided on Sunday to attend a walk downtown at, it was like a, a 10K kneel. The goal was to kneel in three distinct locations in Minneapolis that have some sort of relevance and significance the first being u.s bank stadium where the minnesota vikings play um the next was the hennepin bridge which is the the main bridge that gets you into downtown it crosses over the mississippi it's everybody knows it um it's on postcards like it's one of the minneapolis like staples so the, there was a neo plan on the bridge and then there was a neo plan on i-35w which is one of the freeways that cuts minneapolis and that's of significance, one, because it's one of the main freeways in Minneapolis, and two, um, about 10 years before, there was a tragic event where that bridge had collapsed and people had died going into that river. So because of the tragedy and then also because of the significance of the freeway, that was the third kneel planned. So my friends and I had, we, we all had met at the U.S. Bank Stadium with everybody who was there, and Keith, I'll send you a picture and a video later on, but there were thousands of people there. Yeah, I thousands. Saw, I saw the news coverage of it. Yeah, there's thousands of people that were there, all in unity, all wearing black, all respectful. Everybody was just there to gather and support the cause. Nobody was doing any damage, like not nothing. Just completely peaceful protesting. And we all took a knee and sang Amazing Grace um, at that location, and that was very moving to hear thousands of people sing the same song and unite as one that was something that i had never seen before and been a part of and i'm very thankful to have been a part of that and so we walked downtown to the bridge we walked through downtown to the bridge and of course there were cars stopped and honking in solidarity people putting their fist out of their uh, out of their window showing that they are with the cause, they support the cause. Um, the the attractions downtown, like one of the main concert venues, the Armory, um, they uh, they have like a board that they display, like who's who's playing that night, or like you know who's what 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 concerts happening, or how much tickets are, whatever. That was completely erased. All it said was George Floyd. Um, it, it was something in solidarity with what was going on. And every single business that had that kind of sign was showing that kind of solidarity and community um, as one. And and as we walked, we felt more and more like, wow, we are really bringing Minneapolis together. We are really coming together as one in support of this cause. And I had not eaten at all that day. <laughs> And it was like 3 p.m. when the walk had started. So it was like nearly, it was like five-ish now. And when you don't eat for an entire day and it's like five and you're walking and it's, it was like 90 degrees outside. It's, it was a lot. And my friends were in the same boat as well. So we're like, okay, we should probably like get something to eat at some point. So we kind of cut out after that second meal and went to a pizza place by my, by my house, which is 
kind of by the where the 35w neil was planned and so we got our pizza we got our beer but really we're gonna go to the park nearby and kind of like watch the protesters walk past us as we're walking we hear yelling and screaming and we thought it's because they're cheering they're whatever and then another minute passed and we see people running we see people sprinting past us crying the look of panic and fear in people's eyes and we're wondering what what is happening like is the walk over like what what happened and we managed to flag somebody down we talked to them and they said a semi has just run through the crowd and that hurt because not only two hours later we were all together singing and now this potential tragedy had taken place of this semi truck driver driving through the crowd um and so i immediately went into protection mode and my condo building is the first is the closest building to what had happened on that freeway and so i didn't know what to do with my friends and so as we were walking back to my place someone had mentioned that there is an active shooter someone shooting at people and I don't know, like, I'm, I'm sure, thankfully, most people who are going to be listening to this haven't experienced the, the fear of and the confusion of what was going on in that moment or being shot at, but it was very scary. So I took a bunch of people, like all my friends, back to my place, sheltered in my, in, in my building. That was my plan. And I opened the door, and 30, 40 people who were just fleeing this nonsense came into the building crying, sweating, like just complete panic and fear is going on. And we learned that, you know, we get it back up to my place. We look outside. We see there's a truck on the freeway in a sea of protesters. And we didn't know anything about what's going on. So we assumed the worst that, okay, they just drove straight through like this busy crowd, whatever. So all of us, like in that moment, everything became real. Everything everything was just coming to a, a, a coming to a climax that what we were doing is now become like a life or death cause and none of us expected it to be but it became that because had i eaten had we all eaten had water we would have been in that crowd and that is something that i'll never forget and I immediately called some friends that were there, and they were in the same state of panic and confusion and anger. And that this was already going to become a cause that I was going to fight for. But after this whole event, although my life wasn't in immediate danger, um, it became real to me, and it became something that I want to eradicate. And I'll do everything in my power to make sure that it's gone. Yeah, I so, mean... That yeah. that's that story is a, a version of that story is being told by every one I've talked to that's protested, that's um, you know been out at these peaceful protests. They always say the people during the day, whether it be here in Miami, in L.A., you know all all of New York City, all of the place. They the constant theme is I don't recognize those people at night because that's what it wasn't. It wasn't like that during the day. Um, 
And and and, and, and to be honest with you, Sham, I don't want to talk about the symptoms right now. I, I don't want to talk about the symptoms. I, I personally, I, I don't, I don't care about the symptoms at this point. Obviously, it's understood. In any, um, in any situation of protests or anything, anything that gathers crowds, you're always going to have people that just want to watch the world burn. To quote Alfred from Dark Knight, some people just want to watch the world burn, and that's that's fine. That's a symptom. The looting symptom. No one on earth with morals is going to go. Oh, I'm just glad that these companies are getting, these businesses are getting looted. Whatever. Those are symptoms. We're not discussing the symptoms. I'm not discussing the symptoms. I'm discussing the disease because without the disease, if the disease wasn't there, none of the symptoms happen. On the protest, there is nothing more American than to peaceful protest. I do not give a flying shit what anyone else tries to say. Okay. There is, it is nothing. Our- constitutional right to there's nothing and more american than wanting the place you live wanting america to be the best version of itself to constantly work and fight to make america the best place possible for all people not one group of people all people okay so i i don't i don't want to talk about the symptoms i don't want to talk about that uh, you know I, the the com- the comments if white people if you are saying it's a shame that that guy was killed by that by that cop, but that's no use for that's no reason to loot, you're doing it wrong. Okay? Here's how you do it, white people. It's horrible that that property's being destroyed, but killing innocent black men has to stop. That's how you do it. Exactly. The disease, we're not, the symptoms are not there without the disease. We got to focus on the disease, period, okay? We're not doing the all lives matter, guys. We're not doing that on this one. If, if one house in a neighborhood is on fire, you're not spraying down every house. You're spraying down the one that's on fire. That's what Black Lives Matter mean. Meaning African Americans in this country are not treated like other people. Hence, Black Lives Mattering as well. It's yes. not it's not a tough it's not a tough concept for you to understand white people. So protests, right? So on the protest, as I said, there's nothing more American than a peaceful protest. The majority, overwhelming majority of these protesters are out there peacefully and with the charges that came up today, pe- protests matter. Period. So um we've done the whole um this isn't the way to protest crowd. Not doing that. Not paying attention to that crowd right now. Okay, because last time an NFL player did that, he was the son of a bitch that hated the flag. Okay, mm-hmm. so that group of people, and they're a minority, but they have loud mouths, right? They're a minority. Let's not get it misconstrued. They are a minority in this country. They are not a majority, right? That group of people in the last four years has hijacked the flag. Um, they've hijacked masculinity. They think they are the only people that are real Americans. And they think if they're not in power, that's the only way America is America, is if they're in power. We're not paying attention to those people, okay? A guy um, was blackballed from the NFL for taking a knee in a peaceful protest to try to say, hey guys, we're not treated the same way you guys are. And they blackballed him. So what I'm on right now is is looking at the disease, staying focused on the disease. So I don't care about the symptoms right now. Again, as I said, no one that has morals is going to say, oh yeah, I love to see the looting. I love to see this. I love to see that. As you said, 
the situation you've gone through. We've seen endless um, situations on live television. Again, everyone tries to politicize things, but you can't politic- You can't try to twist as much as some do in this country. You can't twist what I see with my own eyes, what you see with your own eyes. We've seen it in D.C. yesterday, and we're recording this on Wednesday. So we saw it on Monday in D.C., correct? Where they, you know, the president moves people out of the way. They're using tear gas on their own people for a photo op. We've seen that in New York. We've seen that all over the place with cops doing things on te- I'm blown away as a white man watching cops do shit on television that, I mean, attacking news people and, and the media and... At this point, it's it's common sense to see, okay, we probably need to look at law enforcement in this country. We probably need to take a look and go, all right, you know, when they're they're not even being scared of we live in a world where everything is filmed. And and I, and as you mentioned earlier, <laughs> the wild part is cameras have done more for racism <laughs> than anything it has in, in, in recent history. Cameras yeah. have fought racism more than anything Social else. Social media of cameras, yeah. Right. So now we're seeing police doing certain things on television, right, um, that they don't even care um, th- that they're on camera doing these things, right? So what that will tell me, and we've seen it, it's not one batch of people, right? It's not one, it's, you're, not, you're only seeing it in New York, you're only seeing it in L.A. No, you're seeing it all over the place. It's happening too frequently. So we need to take a look at that. And again, I will take a line from a Chris Rock um, um, stand-up show he did where he talked about there's certain things in this country that you can't have bad apples in, right? You can't have bad apples for um, pilots, right? Most of our pilots like to land, but some of them like to crash into mountains. Can't do that on that one. So police, that's not an area we can have bad apples. They On the side of the police car, it says to protect and serve. So bad apples can't work with that. We got to eradicate that. We got to do better with that. For me, it's action now. You know, the 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 thing about right now is, and you're seeing it in the protests. Um, and for me, again, speaking as a white man who needs to lead this right more than any other person, right? It's about action, okay? Um, white people, I love that you posted a black box on Instagram. That's fantastic. That's not action, okay? Um. I touched on the police issue that that it's clear at this point that we need there needs to be it's not working as is right and that can be debated all 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 day long most I like most issues can um, but the current structure as we've seen these protests and things that have happened far too often at these protests again to protect and serve it says it on the side of the of the car change needs to happen internally change happens by the privileged ally- applying pressure. So if a police union is going to say, okay, um, we're allowing this, I'll give you an example. The NBA loves to lead on these things. Let's have Mickey Harrison, Mark Cuban, Steve Ballmer go into these police unions and say, look, change the change this shit or we're going to funnel $100 million to somebody, uh, your, a person who will run against you that will change this shit. Because then police, the police unions can come back. Unions can come back and say, "Well, we'll raise 115. You don't want to go to you don't want to go into the game with Bomber and Cuban and Mickey Harrison and people like that." The one there's a reason that a certain amount of this country makes up that one percent, a small group of people. So the privileged have to speak. It's coming back all the way circles around again to me being a white male being the loudest voice in the room. So we need action at this point. 
right? We need white people. You know, we've seen these these marches. There's all types of people now. And th- and there's reason for cautious optimism, and I'll get to that. Um, donate to black businesses. Um, you know, they're, they're just get involved. This is not the time, again, like I said, this is not the time to be silent. This is not that I'm look, I'm hardly the person that speaks up on everything. And there's people that, that speak out about every single thing. I'm hardly that person. This is not the time to be silent. If you're silent, you are that you are in the wrong right now. So speak up now. Do you want to say I'm sorry? I'm well, do you want to no, touch on something? Yeah, just real quick. Because I'm going to unload on the athletes, so I'm ready. Yeah, so just go for it. But I, I just want to say, like, no one is asking you to, like, al- although it is nice that you donate to bail funds and you, you get out there and you help your community with donating food, doing the, some things that I did, get out there and, and peacefully protesting against this, that is all fine and dandy if you do that. But the bare minimum is just to stand up for racism and call it out when you see it. Because until we get rid of these like off-color racist jokes from either family or friends, there is a basic minimum that you could do. And posting a black square, like you said, is just not it. Like there are so many of my friends that I see, or who I thought to be my friends, who um, who posted a black square yesterday, and then. That's enough activism right. for me today. Posting a black that's square it. is fine. I posted a black square. That's fine. Yeah, but that's, that's fine. Action. But do something. Do something. Do get something. in the game. This is the time that, to get in the game. Period. But because the whole point of that black square was that it was a blackout for social media and things that we occupy our time with. It's all blacked out so that then you have the opportunity and no excuse to do something. And that wasn't. I didn't see enough of that yesterday. There's I this- saw. So, sorry, just ahead, one more thing. I saw a video of a TikTok influencer or a fa- an Instagram model or something like that literally hold up a hammer to a looted, destroyed, minority-owned business and take some Instagram picture faking that she's helping rebuild this business. As soon as that picture was taken, she hopped into her Mercedes-Benz and got the hell out of there. That is what we need to call out, and that is not helping the cause. Go ahead. It's it's action. Right now it's action, okay? Um a, a interview earlier, right? And you're seeing um a, a reason for cautious optimism. I'll start I'll start here. A reason for cautious optimism right now is um these protests clearly have made action because we've now had the officer, he is he is um, being charged with second-degree murder. Three other officers charged with aiding and abetting in second-degree murder. Protests matter. No question about that at this point. So this this time, and, and you've seen many, many um, people that are uh, in the African-American community, Dom- Dominique Foxworth, Bomani Jones, all of them have, have a common theme of this time feels a little different. But it's feeling a little different because we're making it wildly uncomfortable for everyone. So th- it's action right now. That's what that you know. We talked about the black box on Twitter, uh, on Instagram, and that's fine. That's great. You posted that, but that's not action. Drew Brees posted the black box on Twitter on on Instagram. Then he's asked today, what players kneeling meant to him, and he goes into a what the flag means to him, and how he he did basically the all lives matter thing. 
Drew Brees is a good guy. I, I he's done, he did great. My sister lives in New Orleans. He did he did a lot for people after Katrina. That's fantastic. Um, Drew, the world things happen in the world outside of your mansion, bro. He talked in his thing about his grandparents fighting in wars, and that's what the flag means to him. You need to think about the Black Americans um, that 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 their grandparents fought with your grandparents in that war, then returned home and were treated like shit, and now their kids, all the these generations later, still being treated like shit. Get out of your privilege bubble, you dipshit. Get in the game. Like I said before, we're running on the treadmill, man. You're going to jump on the treadmill, or you're going to get ran over. That's simply we're not doing this whole hijacking the 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 thing to twist it into what i think things occur outside of your bubble just because it doesn't happen to you doesn't mean it doesn't exist the entire backbone of black black lives matter is black people saying please white people waving their hands we're not treated like you be aware and accept and and, and admit that this actually exists vic fangio i don't see racism in the nfl Pete Carroll, a guy that I love. He was a head coach at USC during the greatest period of sports in my life as a fan. He says Colin Kaepernick is owned, some, owed something by the NFL. Now, I just want to remind you, the Seahawks canceled Kaepernick's workout in 2018 because he wouldn't say whether he planned to kneel during the national anthem. Nah. Not here for the fakeness, Pete. Love you. Not here for this fakeness, man. We're not doing that. We're not doing this shit this time. It's not happening. As I said, there's reason for cautious optimism. Brand brands. Ben and Jerry's. Shout out to Ben and Jerry's. Multiple brands have come out. You've seen things Black Lives Matter, where a couple years ago, that might have been a controversial thing. I'm doing the air quotes for those of you that are listening on the radio. Sham can see me. I'm doing the air quotes. Mm-hmm. Might have been a controversial controversial thing. You're seeing more brands step up. Get involved. It's about action right now. So get involved. This is not political. I don't give a shit how many orange 500-pound jackasses try to make it about politics. It's not about politics. It's about right versus wrong. If you have morals, this is right versus wrong. Get in the game, period. Because silence, you're on the wrong side. So I'm going to automatically, we're going to push you on that wrong side because that's where you are. Silence, you're complicit if you're silent right now. Get in the game, Yesterday, uh, our friend, Scout with Brian, on Twitter. Uh, Brian Oringer, former wizard scout, Twitter asshole. We're taking this guy seriously, though. Like, I, No, like, I'm not taking him seriously, not... but yesterday he learned a lesson. Um, he was going back and forth with, with Amin El Hassan, a minority. Um, he's black, uh, ESPN personality. He was going back and forth with him on Twitter about this whole argument that we're talking about right now. And he learned... A lesson that what he is saying and doing was getting annihilated. People were unfollowing him. People were unsubscribing from his Patreon. With he that he's so that he's worked so hard to build up. Um, people were calling him out. He was he, he became the enemy yesterday. And good, right? Good because the only way that that man changes. Or, or if, if anybody who is casually thinks the way that he does but is not present enough to 
talk like him and act like him. The only way that they that they see that that is wrong is if everybody, for lack of a better word, shits on them. Yeah, we're dragging people. No, no, no. We have it's to action. drag people. We you. have to. Shit. And that's what needs to happen with Breeze. I want Drew Breeze to come to the realization that what I'm thinking is wrong. And I want him to come to th- like think in his mind, why why is that wrong? I'm just saying stand up for the flag. I'm just saying America Again, is great. But, but I'm sham, saying but it's sham, all about the truth. On that point, right? He is saying his box, on, what only exists is what he sees in his box. So his response to what do you think of players who kneel with a flag, he jumps immediately to the. F- this is what the flag means to me as if that's the only thing that it matters, right? That's why, and I understand, we're in the age of stupid right now. No question, right? We're hijacking the flag for everything. We're hijacking masculinity. We're, we're doing all that. That's fine. I'm not. Nobody pays attention. That's the minority. They'll, they'll be gone soon. Who cares? The flag, just because it means that to you doesn't mean that's what it means to everyone. Understanding what happens outside of your little bubble, have some empathy. Like, Jesus Christ, it's not hard. This is not difficult at all. But I'm hoping this public outcry allows him to see outside of his bubble. And he he has teammates that are t- that are tweeting at him. And I and that's all we see publicly. Like I don't even know what teammates have reached out to him privately but, um, about this matter. And see this as an opportunity to educate him and others who think like him. Because I at, at the end of the day, I don't think Drew Brees is a racist person. No, I, I I don't think deep down inside he is a racist person, but I think he's just willfully ignorant about the problems that exist in our country. And right now, and that needs to be called out. And right now, we are in the mode, as I told you before, it's going to get real uncomfortable. So you're going to get in the game, or it's going to get wildly uncomfortable until you're forced in the game, white people. That's it. Because people like me, we're going to make this ridiculous. Anyone that listens to this, and I'm thankful, like most of my family is is on board. They understand. They're the, you know. But anyone that's listening to this that's not, I'm going to make this shit wildly uncomfortable for you. Family, friends, anyone. Get in the game, period. So Drew Brees, who, as I said before, done amazing things for the city of New Orleans. I don't think anyone thinks Drew Brees is a racist, A, or a you know somebody that doesn't care about people. But he needs to learn, and you need to learn quick now. Okay, because this is the treadmill, and we're moving. We're not being cautious to people's feelings and shit now, no. We're going to get this you're, – you're going to understand that a world exists outside of your bubble and those people's worlds matter just as much as yours does in your privileged mm-hmm. little bu- bubble inside your mansion, right? So America – making this thing the best country for everyone is the goal, okay? Not for a group of people that are privileged that don't have to deal with this. That you know, it's, it's about making it the best America for everyone. So again, going back to Black Lives Matter, it's the only house on the block, Sham, that is still that is on fire. So if a house is on the block, a house on the block is on fire, and the other houses aren't, we need to focus on putting out the fire in that block, in that house first, because the whole neighborhood can't be great until that house, the fire is put out on that house. And right now, that house is black people. So we're going to I'm I I own one of the biggest houses on the block being the white person that's privileged, the white male above all else. I'm not even a white female. My house is one of the nicest ones on the block and I'm telling I'm going to speak from the top of my roof that this neighborhood isn't a good neighborhood until all houses are out. Until there's no houses on fire. But you're not speaking from the roof. You're you're out of your house putting out the fire. You're you're using this platform as a way to put out that fire. And that's 
that's one of the reasons why you and I wanted, like, when you had texted me, hey, do you want to have a pod? Immediately, I said yes, because I know that this is the way, I mean, aside from all the stuff that I did in the past week, this is the way that I can reach. This is the way that I know with one voice in an hour, I can reach as many people as possible and try and unite people towards a common cause um, for humanity, because this until we're all together on this subject, this isn't going away. No. This, like, as long as the overwhelming majority of people aren't united behind this cause, this isn't going away. And it's incumbent upon those that feel privileged enough to just brush this problem off their shoulders or ignore it or just go about their daily business. It's incumbent upon them to stand up for this Otherwise, this is not gonna have. This is not gonna have any effect. This is. This will just be something another... somebody cares about for a week and then it's forgotten again next week. Exactly. We're just, not doing it'll that be out of the time. news cycle. We're not doing that this time. We're not. Nope. The, a, this situation feels different. It feels different to everyone. Mm-hmm. Black, white, brown. It feel everyone. The consensus is that this situation feels different. Now, should it have had to get to this point? It should have felt different decades ago, mm-hmm. right? But uh, I'm not gonna worry about that. What we're gonna worry about is today. And today. Get in the game or you're going to get ran over, period. I'm not here for hijacking of the flag and I'm not here for all lives matter and I'm not here for all the, oh, it's a shame that they kill people, but looting, you know, it's a shame that that black guy got killed, but the looting isn't right. Not here for any of that, right? We're here about the disease. We're not here about the symptoms and all the symptoms around the disease because if you eliminate the disease, the symptoms don't happen. So that's what we're we're after, man. And so we're going to keep doing this, right? It's going to continue to get uncomfortable until you get in the game. So if you're not in the game right now, I highly recommend you get in the game soon because we're not going to let up until you get in the game, period. One of the, uh, one of the reasons I decided to kind of really get into this here, aside from the fact that it's wrong, it was what I saw in video was disgusting um and happened in my backyard another reason was when the riots were happening on wednesday um and i saw my community being burned down um the the 1992 la riots kept on coming up on my feed and in the like in the news cycle oh this is the worst riots since 1992 isn't it so then i i i was born in 1993 so i don't even I, I hadn't even heard of that until Jim, I was eleven when that happened. So I don't even have recollection of 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 being but, old enough for that to re- to register with me. Absolutely, yeah. And and I took it upon myself. I'm like, okay, people are comparing it to this previous riots that took place. What was the reason why those riots took place? Why exactly. why did it end up getting so bad? So I, I I did some research and spent about a couple hours just reading about the stories and the quotes that come that came from that riot um and how it ended and what was the aftermath and long story short it was a whole bunch of commotion and then the same thing continued to happen it's the same thing happened the That's same and it's, this, it's the, the same thing that happened and history repeats itself over and over and over until you do something to change that history's outcome and this is a chance like with social media and honestly like i hate to say it but the pandemic may have been the best thing to happen with this because there's no other distractions. You are forced to to have the microscope on this issue. This is it. There's no sports to distract you. There's no 
reality TV shows to distract you. There is nothing. Like this, this is it. This is the story that everybody is forced to look at. And it's people a- don't want to look at it, but the fact that all of this is going on around us, this is the story. And I'm very thankful that it is that way. But now it's time for people to start doing something about it. Otherwise, it'll just be like another. This will just be the Minneapolis riots of 2020, and then 2030 will come up, and then we'll have something else. Right. We've been doing the same thing. I started this entire podcast with African Americans have been pleading with us for our entire life, all of our lives, right? I don't care where, how old you are listening to this. They've been pleading with, with us for our entire lives that they are not treated like we are by law enforcement. Sham just described it, the L.A. riots, Rodney King. Same situation. Different people, same situation. Literally the same thing. Like the I was reading it, I'm situation. A, I, my jaw was on the floor. Like just, it's the same. It's the and that's same impor- thing. It's important for people that that are younger, like you, and you're you're getting you're getting up there. You're gonna be thirty in a couple years, so you're getting up there. But yeah, right. it's important for people that even myself, being only eleven then, and not having it impact me as a grown adult as this thing did. I, there, I'm I'm sure there's many people like that, but. It's the same thing. We've been doing the song and dance for a long time. And now in the age, as Sham said, where everything is on video and we're in the middle of a pandemic, this situation feels different, but we can't let off the gas. We got to keep this. And and the biggest thing right now, again, and I've said this the whole time, keep shit uncomfortable right now. Keep People got to keep feeling uncomfortable because you know who feels uncomfortable? People that have been oppressed. So it's going to stay uncomfortable. And and that's how we're going to to finally change this thing. And to anyone out there, right, that 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 doesn't think voting matters. Get in the game. There's an election in November. And and, and look, here's the thing. As I said with the police unions and 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 you know, the pres you you take this idiot out of presidency that doesn't fix all the problems right you got to vote about everything you got to you got to get involved locally in 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 city council and all you got to care about every level that's how we fix this we don't fix it by just cutting off the head we have to do we have to you have to change everything with this so get involved again get in the game people if you're not registered to vote register to vote right get in the game that's how we change this period action it's time for action no more words action period i have nothing else to say to be honest like that i i feel like that's a good way to end it so we will continue to have this discussion you know we're going to do our shows we're going to be we're going to be ourselves whatever but this is not going to go away we're not going to sweep this under the under the under the rug guys so get in the game and for those of you that li- that listen to the show show, you know, we appreciate you guys for listening as always. Um, I want to do regular shows. Sham wants to do regular shows. So get involved so we can get back to doing regular shows. I don't want to have this conversation again. Like I I want to in, in an ideal world, every all the action that when the the discussions we're having now enact some sort of change where we don't need to have the same conversation that we had back in 2016 that we had in 20 in 2010 that we had in 1992 that we had in 1960 that we had in 1860 that we had in 1700s that we it's it's a cycle that repeats itself over and over and over and i think we are at the point 
in, uh, both intellectually and um, spiritually and with social media and how quickly news spreads, we are in a very unique s situation where we can actually make change. And the only way you make change, like Keith said, is by getting out and vote and standing up to racism. It's not enough to ignore it or not be racist. You have to actively be anti-racist. Period. You have to pick a Period. side. And, and I'll tell you, we have the television and we're recording this on Wednesday and I'm going to try to edit this and get this out ASAP. <laughs> Literally, the Ar Eric Garner law is going to be introduced in the U.S. Senate this week. Six years after Eric Garner's, life, Eric Garner's death, this would act... It would prohibit police from using chokeholds. Protests happen. These things happen. Protests matter. Get involved. Vote. Care. Get in the game. All right? Because if we don't have these issues, me and Sham can just be idiots on this show and make you guys laugh. We don't want to talk about these. And and the last thing I'll leave, I'll leave you guys with, if you're tired, white people, people of privilege, if you're tired of talking about these situations, if you're tired of worrying about these situations and having to have these conversations, imagine how tired black people are.